Beauty and Brains presents a work in progress. Your favorite weekly podcast all about navigating adulthood and adversity with transparency and vulnerability. Here, we highlight progress over perfection. You're listening to my personal professional development diary, where I share the highs and lows and the real and raw parts of the story that no one talks about. I'm your host, Breland Hunt, a work in progress. Dear friend, I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are sound in mind and strong in spirit. Welcome back to another episode of A Work in Progress, the podcast. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Hey, you guys. So it is episode three, episode three in the building. And I want to try and keep this episode chill, relaxed. I'm tired. (laughs) It's Monday, but I've had a long week already. Um, Yeah, I'm just feeling like chilling. I feel like we've been going deep for these past couple episodes and don't worry, more stuff is coming. But I just wanted to have a little bit of a more lighthearted conversation. Um, As you guys can tell by the title. (laughs) Well, maybe you can tell by the title because I think I'm going to title this college was traumatizing, which it absolutely was. And I'm also going to be giving some advice to my freshman self. Let me tell you guys (laughs) why I decided that I wanted to talk about this. Alabama rush TikTok. (laughs) Some people are probably like, Breland, what the heck are you talking about? And some people are like, oh my gosh, Breland, yes. A lot of people probably know what I'm talking about, but maybe not everybody. So I'm going to try to explain it. And I'm going to talk about it from my perspective, because it's really the basis of what this podcast is about today. Because wow, the internet can be so entertaining sometimes. And it's like part of it is like entertaining, and it's fun. And another part of it is like really sad. So if you guys don't know what my brain freeze is, let me just say this is my podcast. So I do what I want. And beyond documenting my personal professional development, I want to discuss thoughts on breaking news in media and pop culture. And so this week, Bama Rush TikTok gave me a brain freeze. So, okay, where do we even start, right? We all know there's a very different way that white people in particular, um, how they join sororities in college. And I've always found it to be really, really fascinating just because it's, it's just different. And it seems really fun. <laughs> like, just simply put, and I am very familiar with it because you guys know I was really into like college content when I was in high school. And like I said, there were only a few, one or two people doing college type content for HBCUs, but a lot of them were some of my favorite white girls who were like lifestyle vloggers, DIY people who ended up getting into like doing college content, like getting ready for college and when I was a junior in high school, I was watching that stuff. So I was very familiar when they did rush and they would do like their um, just like vlogging every single day and explaining their rush process and knowing that I would never, ever, ever in a million years join a white sorority. I ate that content up. So very familiar with basically anything that has to do with like white sororities and rushing just because that was something that interested me at that point in time in my life. And so come to find out, TikTok is so interesting to me. I think Gen Z in general is really interesting. And that's a whole nother conversation because I'm very much so a zillennial, like I'm born in 96. So I have a lot of millennial in me, like I'm more millennial than I am Gen Z. But I'm also like, I understand some things with Gen Z and I don't know, that's a whole nother situation and a whole nother story. 
maybe a whole nother podcast. Um, let me know down below, comment, especially if you guys are watching on YouTube. Hey guys, if you're listening, you know, comment on, I don't know, just comment. Let me know if you are a Gen Z, a millennial, any boomers. I know we got some boomers watching because I'll be looking at my analytics. Okay. But anyway, so it's so crazy basically to see how TikTok is like the new YouTube and how I don't know, just like seeing people do things on TikTok that, I mean, because it wasn't around when I sound so old, like this is the millennial in me, like TikTok was not around when I was like going into college, like when I was in high school, obviously, it wasn't even around while I was in college. So it's so just interesting to see how people interact on it now and how it impacts people's lives like so significantly. So Here's a tea on the Bama Rush TikTok, right? So here are these country girls who, or I'll say Southern girls are not necessarily country, but just these, you know, Southern bells who are born and raised down South, who are legacies for sororities. And all these girls are getting ready to go to University of Alabama. And one thing that they're super excited about, because it's like one of the first things that you do, I'm pretty sure they haven't even started classes yet. Like before you move in, like literally a part of their new student orientation basically is rushing for sororities. And it's this big thing and you have different outfits every day. And so these girls who are super excited basically started documenting their experience some of them before they even got to college and then other people kind of like jumped on the bandwagon because there are so many eyes like there are thousands of girls who go to university of alabama thousands of them who want to be in sororities and honestly they all look the same i'm sure they come from different backgrounds some of them sort of kind of but like from an outside perspective it's kind of just like <laughs> you guys know that picture that meme of uh of Spider-Man when he's like looking at himself like this. That's what it looks like where, okay, it's really hard for you guys who are listening to me, but he's like, it's one Spider-Man and he's pointing at another Spider-Man and they're both pointing at each other kind of like, hey, you're me. Like that's what it must feel like to be a white girl at University of Alabama, especially if you're blonde, you all like, you all kind of look the same, but it doesn't work against you. It more so just helps you because you kind of just look like everybody else. And if you come from money and if your legacy and all these things, like you have a great chance of getting in a sorority and living your best life, like your college dream. And again, I remember where I was when I was going into college. Like I, and I talk about this before, I was so excited about what college was about except for the actual academics like I, I was so excited to do I had a list of things that I wanted to do before I went to college and like my big three were not <laughs> they have they had nothing to do with academics like I I cared about academics but and again I talked about this I did so well in high school that I didn't think that I had to focus on actually like learning and performing well in college. So I was looking forward specifically to the different things that college allotted a new student, especially again, first generation, somebody who was just like looking forward to it. Like I know where these girls are basically. And I talk about how one of my favorite parts of my college experience was new student orientation. Like there's nothing like when you first got there, that moving in, the meeting people, all the parties, all the just it was just so much fun it was everything that I could have wanted it to be and more like my first semester of college nothing touched it until my last semester of college everything in between was like a letdown but that first semester that first semester was lit and so again I know my experience is going to be very different I literally am a black woman I'm a first generation I went to a college out of state that was very different than the culture from where I was from 
sort of kind of actually I think Atlanta is probably very similar to PG County in a way but anyway it was different I didn't have any connections um and yeah but still I understand that like wanting to do what you always dreamed of doing when going to college and for these girls that was joining a sorority and so <laughs> it's really interesting because you have these girls who basically started this huge trend and you guys know on TikTok things blow up like it's not just a couple thousand people watching like you can get millions of views and likes on TikTok if your stuff starts blowing up so here you have these probably 17 18 19 year old girls who are in the middle of their rush process for joining these like Greek sororities and they are simply doing outfit of the days for rush and they're getting thousands and thousands of views to where there's like a whole community of people who are watching and they're excited to see like what the girls are going to wear each day like sometimes they have to wear specific t-shirts and how are you going to style it to I would have thrived like this is like oh my gosh I wish I could have done something like this like I would have thrived being able to make cute quick content to show your personality and like gain an audience when people were interested in literally just what you were doing in your everyday life like some of these girls they're not special you know everybody's special in their own way but you know how many white girls joined sororities, especially at University of Alabama that year, years before them? Like this is like just, but because of TikTok. And so it becomes this huge thing and I find out about it and I'm watching and I'm like, oh, this is so interesting. Like, it's so cool to see all these different girls in, you know, for the white sororities is very different because you get to learn about all the different sororities and you, it's like a whole week long process where you, as the week goes on, you start off being able to see all the different sororities and then you kind of narrow it down and you cut people and they cut people until you find this perfect match and then you do this thing where you run home and then you find your sorority and then everybody gets really mad. Obviously black people get really mad when you compare white sororities to black sororities because the sisterhood is not seem to be like, because you don't have to work as hard it seems or you don't have to go through hazing basically in order to be um invited and the thing is there is a process after you're invited but you're allowed to wear the letters and put up the sign and wear the colors and things like that which is very very different than a black um greek letter organization but we're not here to really compare the two even though i'm a black woman you guys know i'm not a part of a black greek letter organization and so this isn't really to compare them. This is talking about Bama Rush TikTok, okay? So this is, we're literally just in University of Alabama white sorority world, okay? Let's just take a moment and relax and just like go into another world that's different than ours, which I find to be so fun with TikTok. Like sometimes, I mean, TikTok can, it can do a lot of different things. It can take you to a place where, again, you just feel kind of like, disconnected from the world in a good way like learning about something or someone or somewhere that's so different than where you currently are which can just give you some release and sometimes you know it'll be too real and it'll show you exactly who you are where you are what you're thinking and I'm like excuse me for you Paige you're getting a little bit too personal but that's another story for another day 
The point is that there are a couple of like crowd favorites for this Bama Rush TikTok. Um, a few girls who are just like blowing up. Okay, everybody knows them. Everybody's excited to see who is going to make what sorority. Just listen, okay? <laughs> listen to the whole podcast. We're gonna try not to make it too long today. And you're gonna see why I'm talking about this as I continue on. The point is that the college experience is different for everybody. And it's crazy how, you know, you can have this dream of what your perfect college experience will be like. And for some people that dream comes true. And for other people, their worst nightmare happens. And again, it's even crazier to see how these experiences are different for different schools, different races and different genders. So here's the tea. There is this mixed race Southern girl named Michaela, who from what I can see was just so excited to attend college and rush, specifically rushed. And like I said, she gained a lot of popularity um, posting throughout the process. She would post like even before she went to college, like she was posting rush bag and like what was in her bag, just her outfits before she got there. And she was already doing outfit of the day posts. I guess it's a thing, um, probably like Southern girls do that. They post like their outfit of the day, very like just casually putting up the camera. All right, guys, so this is what I'm wearing. This top is from here, bottoms are for here. Super cute. And she's just like a nice, cute, well, I don't know if she's nice or not, but she's just an easy to watch, friendly girl, looks like on the internet. She was consistent. And like I said, she was one of the main people behind this like force of Bama TikTok growing to what it is. Um, even so much so that the attention blew up the Southern white girls who end up kind of like continuing on and snowballing, get into this big thing that it is today. She even ended up getting like some sponsorships from the clothing brands that she was mentioning in these videos because they were getting so much publicity from it. Can you imagine this is your first week in college? Like you're not even, you haven't even started school yet. You've literally moved in. You're in the middle of rushing for a sorority. Like it's just so crazy to think about. And you are posting every parts of it and you're getting so popular that you're getting brand deals. And now you are, you know, quote unquote influencer. Crazy. So unfortunately, this turned into her receiving haters who allegedly sent slash released a screen recorded video of her drunk on you're listening I'm doing air quotes an old row um as a high schooler okay let's unpack this so this is bad this is bad because University of Alabama you know roll tide but I when I think of UA I think racist i think i would never be caught dead now that school seems so cool like if i was white i would love to go to that school because the basketball games and the school spirit and the the you know greek sorority houses and it just looks like college out of a movie and for this girl who um again she's mixed race but she definitely looks like she has a listen all black people are not monolith. So her experience is very different than my experience as a black woman, but her experience is hers nonetheless. I would just say that I think that she was definitely more comfortable going to a school like University of Alabama and even so much so where she felt comfortable rushing for 
the sorority in a way where she didn't really have to explain herself. It was kind of just like, okay, you know, you know, those girls who was kind of just like, okay, you know, you're white and black. So you fit in more in the white side, do your own thing, girl. Hey, I don't discriminate. By the way, I am filming in the middle of the day or recording in the middle of the day. I normally record like late at night um, when everybody sleeps. So there's no distractions. And I don't know why my mom's walking in and out. So if you hear the little alarm thing, I'm sorry about that. I really just, you know, I decided to not be a zombie and actually film in the middle of the day. And this is what I get for it. So anyway, this is bad because this video that releases of her is obviously sent to sororities. And if you don't know, it doesn't matter, honestly. I mean, I... I wonder if it's a bigger thing in the white sororities than it is in the black sororities. Um, I think we'll just we'll just make a blanket statement that when trying to join a sorority, reputation is everything. Because nine times out of ten, they don't know you. They're doing their research and whatever is or maybe they know you. Actually, it's a good chance that they they know a lot about you, but whether they know it from you directly or not, eh, you know, it just depends on the situation. But your reputation is a huge deciding factor on whether or not you are offered a position in these sororities or not. And again, that's either way, but for now we're focusing on these white sororities. And so here's this video of her. She's underage drinking and at a college party and it's documented. And it's just like, no, 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 no. And this happens like a couple of days before what's like bid day, which is basically the day that they find out what sorority um, has chosen them and is going to be their new sorority home or whatever. So the T is that she was dropped from all the houses, which like I said, basically means that the houses, it's a it's a ranking process. So as you're going throughout the week, you are choosing houses that you are continuously interested in and they are choosing you and they're dropping people as you're dropping people. And so the T was that she was dropped from all the houses. So she no longer had an opportunity. Like it's, it, although thousands of girls try and thousands of them get in, there are still people who just don't get in at all. They end up getting dropped or, you know, I, I don't really understand how you can choose a sorority that maybe is not your top choice and you kind of just have to be like yay at least I'm in I don't really know how that works not my business but a lot of times people show themselves being happy I guess after just going through the entire experience and um choose getting ch getting chosen by at least one of their top three sororities so again I don't really know about that but she was a fan favorite and here she is documenting her experience and she's dropped from all the houses you can you imagine the tea so i'm coming in and i'm over here like doing my little research on tiktok like what is going on what is the tea when i find about this video i'm like dang because like <laughs> is it because of the video now this is what the internet is saying right and i have my own opinion which i'll share but mind you this is probably the only girl who is posting about posting consistently she probably had the biggest following I would consider her to be one of the OGs like there were other girls too for sure but she was like one of the OGs like the person who everybody was definitely following I think that she had the most followers from um this hashtag and stuff and she was a mixed race girl and she just so happened to get dropped from every sorority you know so you have people saying like is it because she's mixed because that's as black people when you're in a white space whenever you feel slighted or just a little bit of discrimination, your first initial instinct is going to be, is it because I'm black? Like, which really, really sucks. It really, really sucks. 
And that's why we do things for us by us. That way we don't have to have those doubts. It's kind of like, nah, I didn't make it not because I'm not black, (laughs) but because X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. So I think that the reality is that her popularity made others jealous of her and they put a nail in the coffin. And at the end of the day, like she's going to be okay, right? Like she, she's not going to end up being in a sorority, or at least she won't be able to rush this year. She won't be able to join it this freshman year. Who knows if she's going to go back and do it again. And like, it's also really sad because not only did she not get something that like, you just know her heart was set on like (laughs) the poor baby. Like, can you just imagine, like, just imagine the thing that you had your heart set on before you went to college. Like that thing that you've been dreaming of. Not only was it taken from you because she didn't put that video out there herself. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody who was a hater put that video out there to spite her. And that's what's so sad is that she has to now deal with the consequences. I mean, granted, it was her. It was her in a video. She was doing it. She was the one who was drinking underage. She was the one who was at a college party. Again, I mentioned how it was on Old Row, which basically is like, Again, traditional University of Alabama is so old school. You don't need to be in places where you're not supposed to be. And especially when you're trying to join Greek life, I don't care again, which kind of Greek life it is like you, your reputation has to be clear. Now, again, she's going to be okay. She's pretty. She has great style. Um, she has a lot of potential now. She has like a brand online. She has a lot of people rooting for her. But again, I can only imagine. I know what it feels like because this is a huge part of college that she was looking forward to and it was taken from her because of spite. And she can never undo the mistakes that she made. And there's also like this huge audience of people watching her fail and my heart just goes out to her. I can't relate to her specifically, but I do feel like I relate because although I wasn't on TikTok, like there, and it's very different because like everybody has a TikTok. Like I'm pretty sure if you're in college, not everybody, but you know, most people, just like how most people have an Instagram. And so most people probably know who she is knows her story knows what she did wrong like saw her dirty underwear and knows like not only are you not greek not only did like you put yourself out there but like you got slammed and now everybody knows about it i definitely relate to that like having a youtube channel in the auc and like people knowing of me and knowing my business without me even knowing who they are like it's a scary place to be in and my heart just goes out to her because as much as her experience is so different than mine, it's also like very similar. I think the main difference in her experience going again to this huge PWI as a mixed race girl in this like new era of TikTok and stuff is like, there, everything is very classes. Everything is very elitist. Um, It's, and just the sorority in general is like sororities in general and fraternities are built off of the idea of exclusion um, instead of inclusion. The top houses know who they want before anyone even walks into their doors. Because these are the girls that people have gone to summer camp with. These are the girls that people have rode horses with their entire life. These are the girls you go to high school with. Elitism breeds elitism. So in Kappa at Vanderbilt, we would have a thing where we'd be like, we don't rush friend groups. That was complete, okay? 
we would keep girls we didn't want all the way until the end all the way until prefron because we wanted their best friend and sometimes those girls would sneak in off the strength of numbers in these rush meetings where we talk about people all of your business is getting aired out if you slept with someone's boyfriend the whole sorority is going to know if you bullied some girl in high school the whole sorority is going to know if you got sloppily drunk and had to get your stomach pumped the whole sorority is going to know there was a very little room for variance in this process so when i say a pledge class is predetermined i mean that because maybe five or six girls won't be on people's initial radar by the time rush rolls around in my experience in kappa most of those people tended to be people of color people who were low income so people who weren't already involved in the social scene Vanderbilt is a place where a schism occurs during the second semester of freshman year because that's when people join Greek organizations. So you have to make a conscious choice. Are you going to enjoy yourself and be out in the social scene or are you not? And the girls who end up in these top tier sororities usually tended to be girls who were wealthy and who were out first semester who knew older girls. And that's what's so sad is like they say that it's sisterhood, but who was her sister who was looking out for her and to tell her like listen this isn't a good look but you're growing as a person you know you were literally probably 16 17 in this video now you're 18 19 and you are a kid and you're gonna make mistakes and this doesn't define you as a person and again I don't think that she was dropped because she was mixed like I don't think she was dropped because she was mixed I think that when you are black you have to be 10 times better and i think that she had a lot of attention and she wasn't perfect and at the end of the day if there are thousands of other people who are perfect and they're white and you have this huge mistake on you like the other girls if they weren't in the public eye they can somebody can turn a blind eye to it but are they going to turn a blind eye to you a black girl who's trying to join this thing that has historically tried to exclude you from just and like with all these eyes watching you like it's just not gonna happen you know like you're not making it like I was like it's not she's not getting dropped because she's well she is it's a combination it's a combination of your reputation has to be spotless when you're trying to join a sorority and also you're black and so you can't make mistakes when you're black because if you got in like you would have to get in because like you are a token and this is not I don't want to I don't want anything to sound like offensive to her because I genuinely like I like her and I wish her the best it's really sad because as much as I don't like agree with joining it I can also get it because like I said, I'm like, oh, it looks fun. Like it looks like a lot of fun to do. And if if you felt comfortable doing that and going through that, like I I get it. But I'm also gonna just like, why did this have to be the way that it ended? And like when I tell you guys this was big, it was really big. Like there were people who were like Bama Rush TikTok commentators who were commenting on different things going on, whether it be outfits or specifically the drama, especially when the stuff with Michaela was happening. And there was one commentator who explained it really well. And this might be a little controversial, but I'm just gonna say it. I completely understand why Michaela got dropped. My heart absolutely breaks for her because I know she's probably really disappointed. And the way I think about this is kind of in three parts. I feel like it's a image thing, it's a discretion thing, and it's a assets versus liabilities thing. 
From my understanding, pan-hell Greeks don't emphasize discretion the way that D9 Greeks do, obviously because we're always, we're all on Alabama Rush talk. But I still think discretion is important in any aspect of life. And so Michaela built this large platform really quickly talking about her experience with Rush and sharing things. But on the flip side, if I was a chapter, I would be cautious and worry about like, how much do you plan on sharing and like, will that element of discretion and secrecy carry over if you're a member in our chapter? She built this large platform um, talking about her experience. Then it seemed like that old row video of her resurfaced. And that video was not a good look. And any organization is concerned about their image and has standards for their image for a reason. And so it's risky to want to let someone in who might be a threat to those image standards. And then also because she wasn't discreet, um, you know, it invited other people to talk about her life and her experience. And it seemed like a lot of people had come out saying that she was a bully in high school, she wasn't nice, this, that, and the third. And so like that's like that happened because she wasn't discreet other people were able to speak on her experience if she hadn't posted all this nobody would have come out the woodworks from high school and you know been saying she was a bully and so her lack of discretion you know ruined her image basically and that took her from an asset to the organization to a liability and so yeah it's just really sad to see this young girl's dreams be just shattered in front of all of America. Like I really feel like, again, there was nothing really going on this week except for Bama Rush TikTok and she's handling it really well, but I, I mean, trauma. Like this is what I talk about when I say college can be traumatizing because in one way it could be, this could, this, this is gonna be the best week for some people for like a few years of their lives. Like they're always gonna remember, like although it was hard and stressful, they got to dress up every day, meet new friends, join a sisterhood and all this hard work and maybe, you know, join the legacy for their family or, you know, go and join their mom's sorority. And But for her, this is gonna be something that she will always think of and kind of, ugh, like, you know, kind of shiver because dang, this is what my experience was. And like I said, although she may know better next time, like who she doesn't get a next time. Like again, maybe she, maybe she will do the sorority again next year, but probably not. And even if so, it just sucks to have to learn the hard way. Um, and then have to like live with your consequences, have to live with the consequences of your mistakes forever. And so I'm going to share with you guys some experiences that I've had like that because like I said, I definitely relate to the position that Michaela's in and I made so many mistakes in college, like just without knowing any better. Where do I even start? I'm thinking of all the times where I had to learn the hard way. Oh, let's start off with, if you guys are an OG, you may know about this. Um, my freshman year. <laughs> All I'm going to say, I'm going to keep it short. I'm going to keep it cute. Freshman year, Panama City Beach, spring break. Boy, do I regret how I handled that situation. Long story short, I was in the transition of friends and because it was freshman year and like the people who I came in with, like as I got to know different people and vibe with different people, it was like, okay, like we can still be cool, but you may not be like my everyday go-to girls because I'm just realizing that I click with other people, you know, better. We just vibe in a different way. And it was a, it was what, what <laughs> I wanted it to be an amicable split, but like not even a split, but just like a, 
let's just go our separate ways. You know, we'll always be friends. We'll always be some Spelman sisters. We just may not be like best friends going out every single weekend type thing. But by the time I had decided this, we had already booked our spring break trip. So by the time we get to spring break, I'm on this break with people who I'm not really that close with. And there was just so much that happened. And it was like out of a movie. It was so, so bad. Like a lot of stuff was just like out of our favor. Like between like not having enough money for the hotel and our cars getting towed. And I, I mean, just so much stuff. And I was an idiot because I was vlogging the entire thing. <laughs> stupid. I was so stupid. Like, put down the camera, Breland. But I was so excited to be like, it's my first spring break. Like, I'd never been on a trip with my friends before. Like, I was so excited. And, and also, you guys know I'm very big on, like, vulnerability and transparency and using my story which I believe again is my God-given purpose is to use my my story to inspire and impact other people whether it be to make them not feel alone and so I took what was a very traumatizing experience where I was literally like kicked out of my hotel staying with the girls who I came with my freshman year and spring break I literally took that experience where I went like we came as a girls trip group and I left in a car by myself and I was like well this is gonna make an awkward vlog so I should probably like talk about it and in the vlog I'm kind of just saying like yeah you know sometimes stuff is gonna happen between friends and it's okay and like if people don't accept you for who you are like it's okay to walk away from friends like I don't even remember what I was talking about I should go back and watch that video but needless to say that video is on private because I had to learn the hard way how wrong that video was on so many levels. Like one, again, here I am putting underage drinking, partying, things that should not be recorded. Not only did I have them on camera, but then I edited it and put it on YouTube for it to live forever. Stupid. <laughs> Just dumb. And I just had to learn, like I said, I had to learn the hard way because not only was that me putting like myself out there, but also other people who didn't like sign up to be on camera or sign up for their business to be on camera. And yeah, horrible, horrible, horrible lesson. And I momentarily like lost a friend who I did want to be friends with at that time um, because I handled the situation poorly. But like, nobody teaches you that because like your mom didn't have YouTube like she didn't have TikTok she wasn't gonna tell you like hey you should probably chill out and not post every day for a rush because there are people who are literally looking to take you down even if you don't know who they are their moms and their mom's moms don't want you in their sorority and if they just get a whiff that you are possibly gonna make it through all it takes is a call you know what I'm saying and it's, it's just very sad that you always have to have like your guard up. <sighs> that was one situation. Oh my gosh. There's another situation too, which I don't, I can't really go into full detail talking about it, but like with mahogany, child, <laughs> trauma, trauma, trauma. <laughs> that whole dance team is trauma. And oh gosh I'm gonna get in trouble because everybody gets always they always get so mad at me but I'm like yo my story is mine to tell my experience is mine to tell and at the end of the day there are so many women 
not even girls. There are so many women who were before they were my sisters or after they were my sisters. And again, again, y'all not, not my sister's sisters, but like th- this is a sisterhood who straight up bullied me. And <laughs> oh my gosh. And sometimes it was because of stupid stuff that I said, like when I was young, when I didn't know who I was talking to, when I was just talking out the side of my neck, when I was joking or just people, you know, want to hate me out of like association for somebody else who hates me. And it just began to be like a lot where I'm like, dang, like my bad. I didn't know that you was going to take it that seriously. Or, oh my gosh, <laughs> roommates, roommates. I'm very particular about just life in general. You know, you guys know I'm a pretty neat person. I'm not going to go as far to say that I'm OCD, but I'm particular. I think that's the best way to describe it. And I had the audacity to speak on one of my previous roommates on camera. (laughs) Breelan, Breelan, Breelan. So I'm just sharing with you guys just in the lighthearted way, the different mistakes that I've made and there are multiple different consequences that I had to live with because of each of these different mistakes. Um, And there's so, so, so many more. Of course, it's like entertaining to watch like from another person's perspective. Like there are literally people who are on Bama Bama Rush TikTok and they were like, I'm Australian. Like, why do I care if Michaela got dropped from all of the sororities? And it's like, it's fun to watch it when it's not your life. And it's fun when like, you're like, oh my gosh, like, I wonder if it's going to happen. And wow, the tea and stuff when it, but it's like, when it is your life, when it's like, when your dream come true is a nightmare, college can be really traumatizing. Mind you, also, I want to talk about this, how this is not something where it's like, oh, a sorority, if I don't make it, it's fine. Like, this is serious for these girls. Most of them are legacies. Most of them, like, this is important for them to join these. So, and that's like that for the black Greek letter organizations too. But again, we're talking about the white ones now. There I saw and I heard about how some people when they got dropped from sororities because like in University of Alabama, like I said, I believe that they're doing rush before classes start. But at Ole Miss, I don't think that theirs is until the next semester or if not, it's like in September and October. There was like a couple different schools where their rush is later on. So you have girls who literally dropped out of school, like they were in University of Alabama, all moved into the dorm rushing got dropped and decided I'm getting on a plane I'm going home and then I'm gonna move in when Ole Miss starts that way I can try this again at a different school because rushing is that important it's sad because we know we know there's a bigger life outside of whatever your like college fixation is like for some people like for my brother like it was like college basketball he didn't care what school he was going to he didn't care I don't care what the dorms look like I don't care if it's white if it's black it needs to be D1 and I need to be playing basketball period like I care about the team I care about am I going to be on the court because I want to play basketball type thing. And you know, sometimes I'll be looking at him like, are you paying attention? (laughs) Like, what are you doing? But for him, that's all he wanted. And y'all know me. I literally was like, I want to go to an HBCU to do a band dance team. 
I literally, I got into University of Maryland and was kind of like, so I don't care. If it's not a team where I can do band dancing, I literally don't care. I specifically applied to schools where I could try out for the dance team because that's what I saw college as. So I don't judge these girls, but I also feel so bad for them because in a way that you think that this is going to like complete your college experience, it could either not be what you thought it was at all and again completely traumatize kind of like your entire or a big chunk of your college experience it can completely traumatize you you know or you get lucky and you get it and everything is perfect and rainbow and butterflies but again the the process is just so different for everybody i'm also oh oh okay so next i'm gonna play a clip um from this one story that stuck out to me all right, so like everybody else, I'm on Alabama Rush TikTok, and my Rush experience was not like anything what you're seeing, and so I thought I would tell you about it. So I went through Rush at Ole Miss in 2015, and I got rec letters. You even make these like packets that you send out. I went to a workshop about Rush. I did everything. But on the day I left for school, a boutique in my hometown called Obligato messaged me and told me that I needed to return a bag they claimed I stole. I literally did everything I could to show them that I did not steal a bag. My mom even talked to them and finally they were like, oh, sorry, we couldn't find the video footage. I don't know the full story to this day. I don't know if it's orchestrated or what, but some girls from my hometown that went to Ole Miss made it their personal mission to use this information to make sure I did not get into a sorority. So that's what happened. I was so upset. I thought my life was over. I stayed at that school because I thought if I left, I would look like a failure. I didn't make these videos to try to get people to hate on the boutique. Yeah, they did a really thing, but I mean, at the end of the day, life goes on. I want other girls who are going through this, who maybe don't end up in the house of their dreams or who get cut from everything or girls who have gone through that in the past like me to know that a, a sorority does not define you. You can still be successful, you can still have friends, you can still go to parties and not be in a sorority. And B, it's not your fault. Because some girls cut you from their sorority doesn't mean that you did anything wrong. I've honestly beat myself up for a long time thinking that I did something wrong and I'm, I finally come to realize that I did nothing wrong. There's nothing I could have done to change this experience that I had and I just have to grow from it and you can too. So here, a girl's rush experience was completely hijacked and ruined by the actions of someone unknown to her. She was robbed of this typical Bama sorority experience, which again, no, it's not everything, but if it's something that you want to do and you're really looking forward to, like it's a lot. And even though she like went through the whole process, she didn't get what she wanted in the end. And ultimately like her heart was broken and she... Even if you handle something really well, that doesn't take away from the fact that you can be traumatized by a situation. Because like, let me just put this out there. College is a lot of fun, even if you don't rush in a sorority. But it hits different when you have to find the fun by force and not by choice. Like I think people who are like, I'm a GDI, I'm a goddamn individual, like I want to do me you experience college different. You can have fun and be like, look at y'all go. You can, you know, celebrate your friends. But when you want to do something and then you couldn't do it, it hits different. And again, not in a good way. Um, 
and then, like I said, you have people who back in the day didn't even have the choice to rush at all because they were people of color. And I thought this was so interesting, too, seeing how you you guys, when I you could tell I was deep into this daggone Bama Rush TikTok, but it led me to a group of black girls who rushed in 2014 after the integration rules in 2013 changed um, and allowed them to like allow the sororities to be integrated. 2013, I repeat, 2013 integration rules for University of Alabama sororities changed in 2013. That was yesterday. I blinked and it was 2013. Like that was yesterday. And they are just now allowing, like officially, I think that there were maybe people who kind of got by, but like officially like made it a thing. I cannot believe that. That is just so crazy to me. Again, different people, different experience. So for these girls, I think that, I mean, I get it. It's a networking thing. And if you are like that Southern girl who's like from that area and you want all the perks of like going to a school like University of Alabama, because like, for example, my black friends who went to um, University of Maryland, they're very much so like engulfed in like the black University of Maryland, like they're engulfed in like all things that the black people do. It's kind of like they have their own little college inside. And a lot of, you know, PWIs around this area kind of do the same thing. And they'll say like, Oh, like, we're like a HBCU, but you're not like, there's a lot of history and stuff that goes into HBCUs. And just because there's like, a strong black community in that school doesn't mean that, obviously, but my my perspective again because of where I'm from and just like what I like and what inspires me and what pushes me I don't necessarily want to go into spaces at least not in my college experience I didn't want to go into a space and like fight to join and get things that I never had rights to like I'd rather go to the places where I'm like loved and I'm celebrated and so for these girls they felt more comfortable kind of like being the first. They thought that that was like inspiring and impactful and cool. Somebody's got to do it. So you wanted to do it. She, they went for it. I think there was like six black girls and then four of them end up becoming like the first or three of them end up becoming the first black chapter president. Like by the time they were juniors or seniors or something. Really, really cool. Shout out to them. Like you're making history. I love it. I appreciate it. Very, very cool. But like, obviously you know, as an HBCU grad, I'm very familiar with non-penaletic sororities. And again, this podcast really isn't about them. Um, But because the process is so significantly different, as a Black woman, my first question is always just like, why do you want to be one of them when you have organizations made for you, by you? So I've been getting asked this question a lot. Did being in Kappa give me any benefit? So yeah, the main benefits were networking, academic, and social networking being the biggest one because I was in a sorority with incredibly wealthy women. And these people who were extremely wealthy had parents who were obviously extremely wealthy. So you're networking with your friend's parents, essentially, and you know, they're helping you do things. There was this one guy in a frat who I was friends with. His dad was the CEO of iHeartRadio. I spoke to his dad on a Friday night and I had an iHeartRadio internship that started on Monday morning. For context, iHeartRadio doesn't really hire interns. And that internship changed my career trajectory because it was my first real marketing role. And the recommendation letters I got from that internship have helped me exponentially. Second, academically, sororities and fraternities have test banks. 
which if you're unfamiliar with the concept, it's a Google Drive that has old tests and old papers for common classes that people take. So when class registration came around, everyone would be in the group chat like, hey, what classes should I take? Because you wanna take things that have materials that are in the test bank. So that when it comes time for you to take your tests and your finals and write your papers, you have less work to do. For example, I was in this class, Physics 1010, Physics for non-science majors. I'm not good at science. That class had open book, open note tests, and there was no attendance policy. So naturally I barely went, and a few days before the test, I would go into the test bank, download all the tests, and memorize the answers, and then print them out and bring them in because it was open book, open note. I got an A in that class. And that was super common at Vandy. People would be texting each other and would be in group knees, very public places, saying, hey, I'm taking Chem 1600, is there anything in the test bank? And literally someone would pull out the final. And test banks were not against the honor code at Vanderbilt, so it was a free-for-all. Third, socially, it was a big benefit because Vandy is very segregated along racial lines, unfortunately. So if you wanna go to a party and it's packed, even if you are a girl, you probably won't be able to get in if you don't know people. And there were numerous occasions where I was at the door and it was packed, but like because I was in Kappa and I had my Kappa sticker or button on, the freshman at the door is like, oh, I have to let her in. And as a result has to let in all of my friends. My best friend wasn't in Greek life and she would tell me how when she would go out without me, it would be kind of difficult to get in places. But the people who recognized her as my friend would be like, oh my God, like come in. But most of her friends were non-Greek or were in quote unquote bottom tier organizations and they would not experience the same privileges that I would experience in the social environment. So I had a lot of fun in college because of my letters. I ended up leaving the organization either way because I, I was getting tired, but there were inherent benefits, like 100%, I'll never deny it. So anyway, yeah, I completely understand. Like I said, I think in a different world, if I was raised different, if I was from the South and I you know, went to Roll Tide games on the weekends and I had a whole bunch of white friends and which I do have a lot of white friends. But anyway, the point is that maybe I would have experienced that in a different life if I was, you know, just in a different situation, but clearly like there's a lot of politics behind it and it can just get really, really messy to the point where it gets dangerous and hurtful. And, like I said, the fact that people will literally just steal your joy, that's nothing but the devil because we all know what the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. And it's, it just breaks my heart to see like when people want something so badly, but then it makes me feel kind of like, I wish you knew how much bigger college would be or how big college is outside of this thing. But I, I will not minimize people's feelings because I understand like when I did not make the dance team, that was it for me. Like I had episodes, moments, like I went through depressive states when I didn't make the dance team. So I, I get it. And it just makes me so sad because like I said, like going through that can like build a lot of hard skin against your college and just like kind of traumatize your whole college experience. I think that it's really hard too when you are not able to do something to think about all the things that you're missing out on. So I just wanted to give you guys a small list. I'm sure there's many, many more of cons to Greek life. And again, we're specifically talking about like for these white sororities and things, but I'm sure that that some of these things can be the same too for others. But the incidence for sexual assault is so high. And again, I know this because y'all know that I was like a part of the Women's Center. There was like this facilitator group that I was a part of um, at NC State, a PWI. 
the sexual assault rates are so high for sororities and fraternities because of all the parties and the houses and the, it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot like you have a very high chance of experiencing sexual assault if you are in a sorority i'm sure just if you're in college in general but it goes even higher if you're in a sorority um drug use normalized and for some people they're like cool yeah but I mean at the end of the day like that can cause substance abuse which is not good <laughs> you're supposed to be in these sororities you know for sisterhood and network and in college to get a education and, and degree and stuff and you're not supposed to be addicted to drugs also a lot of eating disorders this is specific for you know the girls again specifically living in these houses but the way that they have like I mean, think about freshman 15 and then all the different parties and stuff that you have to go to. And like, I think it's just different living in a sorority house than it is like living in a dorm because the food is provided for you. And there's just like a lot of like pressure. The eating disorder rates are really, really high for people who are in sororities. And then at the end of the day, again, as much as it's supposed to be about like sisterhood and inclusion, it's just another tactic to device the student body. So um, it's really nice like when you're a part of it and you're on the inside because you feel, you know, wanted and stuff. But at the end of the day, you're still a part of the reason why the student body is somewhat divided. Just think about those things. You know, if you maybe were trying to rush and you didn't make it or whatever, and you're kind of just like, oh, but sororities are everything. Like, it's okay. Like, there are definitely some good parts about not being a part of you know greek life and sororities and things but and imagine guys this is just like their first week of college again part of it is kind of like this is not a real representation of your college experience but part of it is like i mean it could be if you don't learn your lesson um but and honestly what i've experienced so far being the real world for a couple of years is that some of this stuff is also true in the real world so there are some things right that you just won't know unless somebody tells you and the legacies and third generation college students, college gens, like they have it easy. They have somebody. I ain't have nobody. Like I am nobody. And that's why I learned the hard way. And I made so many mistakes. And that's what I'm here for. That's what this podcast is here for. We finally got here. This is my list of advice to my freshman self, things that I wish somebody would have told me. It may seem so simple to some people, but other people, you actually really needed to hear this. So here we go. Number one, don't talk bad about anyone. Like no one. <laughs> like you don't know who's who. You don't know who's from where, who's that's their baby sister. That's, oh, that's my, oh, we went to elementary school together. That's my girl. Um, That's baby sis. That's my cousin. Like you literally don't know who knows who. And if you, when you're just kidding, when you're joking, when you're upset, when you're mad, when you're enticed to say so, when everybody else talking about somebody and you just happen, don't get caught up speaking bad about anyone, especially if you don't like genuinely mean it. Like, to people who, if you just, you just never know. So keep your mouth shut. Don't trust anyone. Like just don't talk bad about anyone because it will come back to haunt you. Number two, clean up your social media. If you guys haven't gone off to college yet, and even if you have, like it's not too late, like clean up your social media. I have found a lot, like I have found even like the little mentees that I have recently, I'm kind of just like, clean up your social media. No cursing on your social media, not in the captions, not in your stories, definitely not on anything that's like 
permanent on your feet, like reels and stuff, like even the songs, clean it up. No drinking. If you're underage, you should not have any type of drugs or alcohol. You shouldn't have any drugs on your page anyway. I don't care how cool you think it is. I don't care. 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 And some of this stuff is kind of like, what's the purpose of this? You know what I'm saying? Like we're adults or if they're going to know, they're just going to know. But also some of this stuff is like real life stuff that is a representation of what's expected of you in the workforce, like in the real world. And if you're applying to residency or if you're applying to law school or if you're applying for a job and they decide to check your social media, same thing. Like maybe I can't fire you because you're cursing on your social media. But if I check your social media before I hire you and I see that you'd be wilding on there or that you have drugs and stuff, I'm not hiring you. And that's going to be the same thing. You're not going to get in organizations. You're not going to make SGA. You're not going to join that Greek letter organization if you have all this horrible stuff on your social media. So like clean it up and even Snapchat, like people think that Snapchat, like, yo, just be careful because you don't know who's screenshot your stuff that's what happened to poor little baby Michaela she put it on her snapchat or maybe she didn't put it on it I don't really know what happened but just be careful what you put on the internet specifically on social media you never know who is going to be looking to take you down and you don't want to shoot yourself in the foot like the worst thing is to be like dang I had control of this like I didn't even have nobody had to send them to them they just had to go to my page and find it take it off. Like maybe once you get over 21, you can post drinking on your page, but definitely don't have it on your page under 21. I don't care if your mom says this is okay. I don't care if everybody knows that you drink. Like, just don't do it. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. Number three, high schoolers. This is one, this one's for you. Send this to somebody right now. If you have somebody who's in high school, going to college, currently in college, like send this to them. Okay. Your reputation especially for those who you're no longer friends with just try and be amicable with everybody like in case they ever have to speak on your character your reputation needs to be as clean as possible because another thing that happened was that the reason why this video came out it wasn't just like oh a mystery how did the video came out a girl who went to high school with Michaela like two years ago purposely put these videos up and she literally posted like seven TikToks talking about how Michaela was a quote-unquote bully I don't know if she's right or she's wrong like I don't really I don't know I don't care the point is that like this girl who has because of her experience with Michaela because like it wasn't squashing it in a way where they can be cordial she saw her about to you know live her dream she got jealous and she decided to take it away from her and now Michaela is not a part of a sorority and it's just happened that fast that easy like you don't want to give anybody that power over you so if you can even if you're not friends with somebody make sure that if they were to speak on your character they would only say nice things because you never know what could happen number four in a similar way be nice to mothers you would have no idea how much power these mothers have and the thing is that they're the ones who are who will pick up the phone? Yes, um, my daughter was bullied by Breland. And I'm not saying that this ever happened to me. Thank God, knock on wood, that never happened to me. But like a mother's call, you know, is very different. Moms get things done when a mom has something against you. And it goes down to most of the time, moms have something against you because their daughters do. But 
don't don't be rolling your eyes don't just be nice to moms okay because they are the sneakiest and the shadiest of them all and point blank period if they want something done they'll get it done they know how to send emails and make stuff shake that like kids don't know how to do they can do a lot of damage and especially with social media and stuff but like parents they do a damage on a whole nother level i forgot to tell you guys one of the craziest parts of sorority recruitment it's called work week so during work week, the girls who are already in the sorority are preparing for recruitment. That's when they like learn who the girls are, they learn the dances, they get their outfits approved, et cetera, et cetera. But the wildest part is, okay, so the alums um, maybe really want like their daughters or their friends' daughters or whatever to get in. And so the alum groups from a sorority that really wants to get a girl who's like in high school or going into college in will send all these presents to the sorority during work week. So you might send like 200 cupcakes that says like, Madison is Kappa material or like a cake with a girl's face on it or pizzas or whatever and you send it and then you also talk about this girl who's in high school who you really want to get into the sorority that you are an alum of. The girls during work week who are in the sororities are at the chapter house for like 12 or 18 hours a day. It's exhausting so they don't really have time to eat and so they're sending all this stuff to be nice but also to kind of like get name recognition for the girls that they want to be initiated into their chapter. Number five, research the boys who you are going to talk to. This may seem like so, oh my God, like, I don't care if he's the finest, hottest boy you've ever seen in your life. Those are the ones, <laughs> those are the ones who are messing with people who you don't need to be on their bad side. Like you do your research. Who is your ex? Who are your exes? And he may not tell you, so ask around figure it out you better you got to be a you know women y'all can be detectives figure it out because it is so sad to see some girls lose an opportunity simply because the cards just weren't dealt right like here this boy who she fell in love with and she didn't know that this was your ex-boyfriend like she was a freshman it, you know he was a junior and and who just knew you wanted to be part of the same organization and the way that people can just block and their friends or their friends can block your blessings like now you know of course anything that's for you is going to be for you but just to save yourself the headache and to stop yourself from trauma pay attention to the boys because they will say oh I'm over her we're fine and still talk to you and it won't be true and you will be seen as the homewrecker you will be seen as the girl who's trying to steal my boyfriend you will be seen child don't do it the boys the boys will get you in trouble like who their exes can change your entire life choose wisely number six learn from my mistakes limit recording at parties clubs and kickbacks like I get it it's fun you know maybe take a picture before you go but like just like try and not have things documented just for your own safety especially if you are partaking in any drugs or alcohol um don't get caught on camera drinking um like dancing or drinking like when you're at these promoted parties especially for my hbcu girls if you see a flash duck and run don't get caught clapping down a guy at a party i don't care how much fun you having duck don't let your face be shown because people just will use this stuff against you in the future um or they will know about it and again that's your reputation and in college and in life your reputation is gold don't play yourself <laughs> number seven 
this is a little bit more lighthearted. If you don't know how to do like your hair and your makeup and stuff like that, like figure out a way to look presentable for semi-formal occasions for before you go to school because people will literally talk about you and not tell you. Like they will make fun of you because of the way that you do your makeup, because of your hair and stuff like that, be, because like they already have it together. If don't try, I mean, you can try new things, but especially like when you first get there, stick to the rivers that you're used to. Don't be trying to get a frontal if you've never gotten a frontal before. If you're a braids girl, go to college with braids <laughs> so that you can slay and people aren't looking at you like, this is the girl who don't know what she's doing. She always looks crazy while her foundation don't match her chest. Like people will literally talk about you and only your real friends will help you out. And if people are meeting you for the first time, but you're trying new things, they're just going to think that this is who you are. They're just going to think like, oh, like this girl is crazy. Like she doesn't do her makeup or, oh, her frontal is always on the back of her head. But you don't know that you look crazy and people are shallow and sometimes like little things like that can block your blessings like they'll be like oh, I'm not gonna let her on the dance team she doesn't know how to do her makeup little stuff like that like it's so stupid so just like learn before you go or stick to what you know or hire a makeup artist or you know little things little things mm. this next one this this one is definitely important for the HBCUs definitely not for the other schools oh well I will say for black people um, be careful about what colors you wear on your campus and how you decorate your dorm room, like little things like that people pay attention to. And what's really sad is it sometimes is not even like for people who are a part of these sororities, but like girls in your class will be trying to decipher like who's who and who wants to do what. And for those girls who decide that everybody's competition and if you want to do the same thing that I want to do it's either we're on the same team trying to get this together or you're my competition and if somebody sees you as competition it may not have to do anything with you this you know sometimes a lot of this stuff is because of them but you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you are hurt or you know whatever because somebody else was jealous or spiteful of you and so if people can get a hint of like what you want to do Greek life wise just because again because the way that you decorate your room or the colors that you're wearing every day I mean people are gonna soon find out like on campus um they shouldn't but whatever if they think that you are competition they will target you and they will look for ways to ruin you if they do so choose to and you just again don't want that Going back to what I said earlier, number nine, don't ever try to prove something or fight or like share your side of the story on the internet. Like don't argue on the internet, even if you're right, even if you have no following, even if like things can always resurface and be used against you, like keep it off the internet. There's no reason why nothing like even like subliminal stuff. If you know that like other people are watching or anybody can ever like say is she talking about this this is part of this like keep it off the internet because everybody's on the internet nothing is private if you put it on there if you put it on twitter if you put it on youtube if you put it on tiktok if you put it on instagram like i don't care if it's on your stories like even be careful with your close friends if you got finsta like just be careful <laughs> just be careful because things can come back up to bite you in the butt last but not least my biggest advice is to just find an older confidant to find out the politics um, around joining certain clubs and organizations because there are times where being part of one club 
mean something and you may have no idea. You were just genuinely interested in something or, you know, vice versa. Something's frowned upon if you want to do something else. Like, do you need to be doing community service heavy before applying to even be considered? Like, does this organization like people who are active on campus or people who are low key with high GPAs? Like, is this organization low key associated with another organization? And if so, is that what I want? Or is that completely opposite of what I want? Like sometimes it, it when you're a part of it, things can seem like you will figure it out. Oh, this girl who's a part of this organization founded that, which means everybody who joins that organization wants to be a part of that other organization. But if you come in as a freshman, you don't know who's who, you will have no idea. You won't even know what you're getting yourself into. So like find somebody who you can trust and ask questions and get the inside scoop and figure things out. Because I will use an example to close out on because I know that we are... <laughs> We're, we're getting to our limit. Okay, this is not going to be a two hour long podcast again. But did you guys know, a lot of you guys know that I tried out for the cheerleading team when I was a college freshman. And trying out for the cheerleading team was a whole experience. And it was really interesting because obviously, I tried out for Mahogany Motion, the dance team for the college when I was a high school senior. And no freshman or like college senior slash incoming freshman had ever made the team before. So they were just telling me like, girl, it's okay. You didn't make it. You're probably good enough. You just have to come back the next year. We don't, they don't have auditions until um, the spring semester. So you make the team as a sophomore. That was how it's always been with Mahogany. So I was like, okay, cool. No problem. In the meantime, I'm going to join the cheerleading team because I want to stay in shape before Mahogany auditions. Now, mind you, things are different in high school than they are in college nobody told me and I would have never thought because in high school I did volleyball I did cheerleading and I did palms palms and cheerleading were not in competition with each other there were a couple of girls who did both but there were a lot of people in cheerleading who also did other sports like I literally was a whole varsity volleyball player while I also did cheerleading and the coaches didn't have a problem with it the girls didn't have a problem with it like I was just really busy and stressed but in college, who would have thunk that Cheertron and Mahogany had beef? Child, nobody told me. Nobody told me. So I auditioned for Mahogany first. Some people knew, but not everybody. But when people want to figure out something, they figure it out. Um. So I auditioned for Mahogany. And then everybody freshman year I feel like everybody auditioned for cheerleading because it came in and the thing is with mahogany only me and one other girl who's also mahogany now hey mahogany she we were the only two incoming for well we were the only two who made it to finals night I don't know how many people actually ended up auditioning but the point is that a lot of people were gonna wait until spring semester to try out for mahogany the dance team as like incoming sophomores but everybody tried out for cheerleading like everybody everybody on my floor everybody tried out for cheerleading because they came in during new student orientation and knocked on the doors and like handed out flyers and they were in their uniforms and it was kind of like oh my gosh it's so cute and you know how many girls this is an all-girl black school you know how many people cheered before like who knew if you had a chance to you know be a part of a collegiate team and for me I was like I loved cheerleading I really wanted that like you know that experience again to cheer and I thought it would be great I would cheer for one year and then do mahogany for the other three years like that was my plan they ate me alive because I did not know that cheer and mahogany were like enemies and 
like both of them had a problem with it because I didn't say anything because I didn't know any better. Like I had no idea. And I just wish that somebody would have told me. Like I wish that somebody would have been like, you can't do both. But it all ended up working out. I'm mahogany now. Hey, mahogany, pass the grits. <laughs> just things like that. Not knowing that they had a long hated relationship. Um, and it, and also like people knowing things about you before you think that they know things about you. Like everybody does their research on new people coming in, like especially again for teams, for organizations, for clubs, for these sororities, like they're doing their research. So if you don't think that they know something, they know something. Another thing that I learned during that experience was that there are only a few spots available. And that's what a lot of different things. And especially at Spelman, which was one of its biggest downsides is that here you have all these great black women and you kind of have to find a way to put them in this hierarchy. And I wish it didn't have to be that way, but the AUC can be very elitist. Um, a lot of HBCUs can be, but that was definitely my experience. So when there's only a few spots available and if you're not like immediately cut because like, you know, you're probably not great or you just didn't stand out or whatever it was. Um, then you had like a wave of people who dropped because like it was a lot like we were outside all day, every day. That was the darkest I've ever been in my life. Like I'm the I got the darkest I've ever been because we were outside all day, every day. I was so sore, like, oh my gosh, like the experience was crazy. A lot of people dropped, they were like, they're doing, and the girls were mean. Like, it wasn't the way that it is now, because I know that when Morgan became captain, like she switched things up, but like, those girls were mean. Everything in HBCU was so hazy and why, but yo, they were so mean. I just did not understand. I was like, I've never in my life experienced girls being like, mean for fun blatantly like out loud like with adults around it was crazy but what I learned from that experience was that like sometimes it will take like networking to get you in because I think probably I would have to say there had to be hundreds of girls who tried out for the team and there were only four freshmen who made it and most of them like had some type of connection with somebody who was already on the team not to say that they weren't great because they were but you know just things like that like sometimes it takes networking to get into those spaces and again especially at HBCUs everything is very hazy so rule number one is discretion so shut up <laughs> just shut up I think that I'm gonna end off with my last tip which again is especially for freshmen at HBCUs I said this best in a 2017 video and I'm just gonna leave it here because I really can't say it any better if you're interested in Greek life, shut up, shut up. Don't tell nobody, don't ask nobody. I don't know why y'all feel the need to be in my DMs or comment under my videos. What do you wanna be? You're never gonna know. <laughs> like, you're never gonna know. Don't ask people, don't ask your roommate, don't ask your best friend, don't ask your dorm director, don't ask your RA, do not ask. The only people who should know should be the people in the organization. And that's because you should be talking to them. That's it. Okay, on social media, if you, I'm, I'm warning y'all, if y'all have anything that is associated with that, when you are not technically associated with them, delete it. Don't do it. Don't play yourself. Yeah, just be careful. Greeks are deemed to be some of the most educated, some of the most beautiful, some of the most attractive, some of the most successful people on campus, and that it is okay to admire Greeks. However, it is not okay to worship Greeks. Please understand the difference. It is okay to want to be Greek. It is okay to want to be Greek, but it is not okay for you to do anything 
anything to be Greek. Like you gotta have some standards. Okay, so I'm gonna close off with some kingdom keys. I think that overall, college can be traumatizing. Um, I hope that my advice helped you, but most importantly, I think it's just a matter of knowing and understanding like who you are and God's plan for your life. And you know, when we plan, God laughs. So just know that if something hasn't worked out the way that you expected it to, and when it feels like everything is going wrong and everything is against you, like that's when things are coming together. And that's when you know you are leaning the most on god when you're spending the most time with him that's probably when he's the happiest first time it gets a little hard many of us are so quick to see disappointment as a dead end not these men these men made a decision if there's no room for us through that door we will climb up here's the word of the lord if you can't get in go up if you can't get through on this level go up to a higher level Sometimes the reason God allows you to be restricted is because you're at the wrong level. And sometimes he'll put a disappointment in your life so you have to climb over it so your faith may... What do you do with the disappointment? Somebody shout, get over it. Say it again, get over it. I know some people didn't like you, didn't promote you, didn't endorse you, didn't support you, but get over it. These men said there's something so important to us. We can't stand here and blame the people who got here early. I think I'm going higher. He starts speaking about the favor of God. He said, it's the year of the Lord's favor. And they were at Nietzsche. They were looking at him. They were expecting one thing, you know, like we all are. This is how it's going to be. This is how it's supposed to work. They're looking at him. They're focused on what they think he's going to do. But he said something very powerful. He said in verse 24, truly I tell you, amen, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. Oh, do you accept what God is doing in this season of your life? I know what you expected him to do, but will you accept what he is doing? He said, you are too familiar to receive the favor that is sitting right in front of you. You are so used to rejection that you find it when it's not even there. And you are so unfamiliar with the acceptance that you can't receive the love I'm sending you and whoever you are and whatever this year has been like for you the Lord sent me with the message today is the day of the Lord's favor it is right in front of you and I don't care how it started I don't care what it looks like it doesn't matter what happened up until now you will finish with favor confess it I will finish with favor. Again, I will finish with favor. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. You can do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you're not already watching the pod, don't forget there are accompanying video podcasts on my YouTube channel, Beauty and Brains. So join me over there and subscribe to that channel as well. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Breland Hunt or visit my website, BrelandHunt.com for weekly podcast updates or to contact me to share your story. Until next time, be sure to live each day to the fullest because you only live once and give yourself some grace. We are all just a work in progress. Thank you for hanging out with me today, guys. I'll talk to you in my next one. Bye.